0: Well, good morning. How is everybody? Man, it is so, so good to be here. Guys, do you understand we launch a church in two weeks? Do you understand this? I have been living. Yeah, you can celebrate that. That's absolutely incredible. I've been living in this sentimental mind frame um, for the last several weeks and just thinking about uh, what you really need to know. And for so long, it's hard to let you like, come into my brain. It's a scary place. But for so long, this was a dream. Uh, Launching this church with this idea of Trace, it was a dream, but because of the sacrifice of so many people and so many churches, this dream is becoming a reality. And some of you know this, but we've had 27 people move up here from Arizona because they believe in this. We've had people that have left churches that they truly love, maybe even for a season, maybe it's long-term, I don't know, but they've left because they want to see this dream become a reality. And I'm personally... I'm beside myself. I've been like amping myself up today to make sure I don't cry. But this dream is becoming a reality. And it's because of our collective efforts to say, you know what? We believe in this. We believe in the bigger C church. We believe in the kingdom of God more than our own little kingdoms. And so we'll sacrifice what we need to sacrifice. And we'll bring our talents and gifts and resources to the table to allow God's church to continue to move forward. And man, if I can just back up for a second and say, thank you. Thank you. Like I said, it's hard to allow you to see what's been going on in my mind for the last several weeks, but none of this would be possible if it weren't for you. And so thank you. Well, if you're completely new to this place, I wanna fill you in on a couple things about who we are. And it really does wrap around our name, Trace. And when we decided that we wanted to name our church Trace, it really centered around truth, and grace that's where the name trace came from but then we wanted to look at the definition of trace and so we looked it up and the definition was this a mark left by the passage of a person and that started us down a different journey when it came to hey what do we want to be about and so then our direction or really our mission started to take on a new focus you see when you put your faith in Jesus God actually gives you a gift it's called his Holy Spirit and when you're given that gift number one your salvation is secure by having the Spirit of God in you, but you also have to understand that when God's Spirit entered your life, that He infused you with His love. It's a, lot, it's a different kind of love than what we're used to. It's a very powerful type of love, but that love was never meant to be carried with us and not left behind. That love was actually meant to be left with others wherever we went, and so our mission statement became this to be a trace of God's love everywhere we go. And so that's what we're going to do. And the reason I love this mission statement is because it's simple, but it's also incredibly effective. And what I also love about this mission statement is I can go into our children's ministry, trace kids right now, and I can sit down on eye level, look at your kids and say, guys, I want you to be a trace of God's love everywhere you go. And they get it. It's just as much a part of their lives as it can be a part of our adult lives. Well, many of you know, if you've been last here for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking through culture and the kind of culture that we want to create here at Trace. And we've been talking about several different things, but what's been interesting is how many of you have come up to me and talked to me about your own personal stories of how other cultures at other churches have affected you. And sometimes they've been good, but unfortunately, to be transparent, a lot of them have not been good, how other church cultures have affected you and what they've left you with. And as I've been processing through that this week, and even my own personal experiences at other churches, I started to come to this conclusion. What if, what if, what if we took all of our collective experiences And we brought them to the table of trace. And if it's good stuff, we come and say, hey, we need to continue to do that kind of stuff here. But if if it's negative things that have happened to us at other churches, what if we brought those to the table and said, but we're going to turn them into something good? Here's what I mean by that. Some of you have been at churches potentially before in the past. And when you were there, you just never fit in. Maybe you felt cold. Maybe they were standoffish. Maybe because of the way you looked, it didn't feel like you could belong whatever that looks like, what if, if that was your experience, what if if you joined our greeting team and you became the greeter who said, nobody's ever going to feel that way here if it's up to me? Maybe some of your experiences where you were a part of a church and you got really excited and you wanted to be more a part of it, maybe you had questions or you wanted to get involved and you kept reaching out and you kept reaching out and you kept reaching out but nobody ever followed up with you. I had that experience. What if you joined our administration team and you said, you know what, if it's up to me, I'm going to make sure everybody who reaches out to us gets followed up with because everyone is someone and everybody matters to God and they need to matter to us. What if you joined our administration team? Now I'm going to talk to you about more tangible ways for you to potentially get involved at the end of the service. And so the rest of our time together, we're going to be processing our last two acronyms as a church. And I want to remind you of the one thing that we've been talking about for the last, this is our third week in the series of culture, building a culture. And it's this one thing. It's the one thing we want to make sure that you take away from this series. A culture is going to be made here. Like we can't do anything about that. It's going to be made. There will be a culture at Trace. We can either be intentional about the culture that all of us want, the kind of culture where you feel so comfortable inviting your neighbor, your friend, your family member, that person that's really far from God right now that maybe the last place they could ever imagine themselves was in a church, but you feel comfortable inviting them here because of the culture that we put together, together, collectively. And so we're going to talk more about that today. We've been talking through these cultural distinctives, and uh, I began with teachability a few weeks ago, and I talked about how a teachable spirit is more more like a litmus test to the humility that exists in our life. And we believe humility is one of the most Christ-like attributes that any of us can have, and so it has to be a center part of our focus and our pursuit of Jesus. And then last week, Corey talked to you guys about the importance of release and accountability, and specifically with release, this idea that, man, if we're holding on to anything too tightly, what begins to happen, and the Bible describes this as an idol. And what we do is we hold on to this, and we start putting our trust and our faith and our hope in whatever this is instead of God. And so what we want to do here at Trace is we want to live open-handedly, whether that's with resources, our talents, maybe our job, could even be our family. Sometimes we put our kids in front of God even, right? But God say, no, they're mine. I've lended them to you. You can be a steward over them for a season. And so we want to live open-handedly uh, as a church, and that's going to be a part of our culture. Corey also talked to us about accountability and why that particular subject should be so important in each of our lives. And guys, if I can give you my... Two quick thoughts on this. If no one knows what's going on in our life, if no one knows what's going on in your life, could be your struggles, could be habits, could be hang-ups, whatever that may be. If nobody knows, the enemy finds you isolated. And I've seen this far too often in my 10 plus years of ministry. And here's my promise to you. If you'll partner with us on some of these things, the leadership of this church will do everything that we can to make sure that none of you are left feeling isolated. We will partner with you, helping you to build a foundation of your faith for your family, whatever else that looks like, because the last place that we want the enemy to find you is isolated. Now, I need to switch gears for a second because in the spirit of accountability, I need to bring something to your attention. You see, last week Cory was up here and he was talking to you about accountability and he also showed you something, he showed you this picture and what you don't know is this is not the original picture. I mean, this is a beautiful fish. Corey was talking about how he loves to fish. I love to fish. We often fish together. And he's showing you this beautiful picture. But what he didn't tell you is that he Photoshopped this. Yeah, I couldn't believe that either. He's a pastor, for goodness sake. And what this picture, picture originally looked like was this. If you can't see it. And he had the nerve to Photoshop this, take my face off of the picture, and take credit for this beautiful fish. We're just having some fun. Well, guys, as we move forward, we're going to talk today about creativity and empowerment. And when it comes to creativity, uh, there's a question that I'm often asked uh, of people that are looking to maybe come to this church and they say, hey, what kind of worship are you going to have? What kind of music style? And this question does not catch me off guard at all. Again, being in ministry for 10 plus years, I have watched and paid attention to how this particular subject it sidelines people, and what I mean by that is they get so caught up in it that oftentimes they miss God, and there's tension around this subject, and I've seen churches deal with it. I've, I've, I've dealt with it myself where people get so angry because worship styles aren't the way that they want them. And so I want to talk to you about that a little bit for a second, if I may, because as we've revisited this subject of, uh, man, what should our worship style be at Trace? We've come to the conclusion that we don't want any labels But we do keep coming back to this conversation and this theme of creativity. And here's what I mean by that. We we don't want to be a traditional church in as much as the music. We don't want to be a contemporary church. We don't want to be a blend of the two. But we do want to be creative. And we feel like that anything less than approaching God creatively minimizes the very person that we should be worshiping to begin with. So I'm going to get in your face for a second this morning. If you can't worship God, unless you're singing out of a hymnal, singing old hymns, I love hymns. If you can't worship God, unless there's a bunch of lights on stage or a big light show, if you can't worship God, unless there's a full band, if you can't worship God and you fill in the blank, worship, become, worship has, has become too much about you. I want you to think about that because our pursuit of God in worship should never be isolated to a certain approach. And if that approach isn't there, then we don't feel like we can worship. It doesn't make any sense because we're worshiping one of the most creative people that we've ever met in our life. And so what we've found is that creativity keeps us from getting stale. It keeps us from getting complacent. Creativity keeps us looking to the spirit and not ourselves. And I want you to look at this statement. In the absence of creativity, I believe we often approach God with a lack of awe and wonder. And so we want to be creative in our approach of God. And as I mentioned before, we're not interested in being a church with labels, but if you wanted to label, you had to. If you had to label our worship with anything, call us creative because we're taking our cues from the creator and nobody else, nobody else. So here's my challenge to you. On any given Sunday, if you walk in here and the worship style of that particular Sunday is not your thing, it's not your jam, can I encourage you to approach the kingdom of God once again like a child? Jesus told us to do that. Approach Him once again with this sense of awe and wonder and lean into creativity instead of step back and fold your arms because it's not your thing. I've been learning to do this myself. I've got my own preferences to worship, but we really want to change things up here. So any given Sunday, you may come in here and the worship style will look different. Sometimes there'll be a full band. Sometimes it'll be two people on the stage with an acoustic guitar. Sometimes I'll get up here with my harmonica and we're going to rock it out. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'll, I'll spare you that. I'll spare you that. But friends, we've got to keep pulling God out of the box. Because that is the last place He ever should have been put in. And if God, our Creator, who we are actually worshiping, never should have been put in a box, His church doesn't belong there either. And worship doesn't belong there either. Now, although creativity... is a cultural distinctive of ours. It's not just wrapped up in this idea of worship. Creativity goes much further than that. And so here's an illustration that I'll use to describe what I'm talking about. How many of you guys are people watchers? Come on, let's, I'll look at you. Yep, so real quick, where are some of the best places to watch people? Where? Airport, airport, the beach, right? The mall, and nobody said Walmart? I mean, come on guys, that's incredible people watching <laughs> at Walmart. Yeah, Starbucks, you know, church can even be an awesome place to watch people. You don't know this, but every week we actually video the audience and afterwards the staff watches you. I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. <laughs> I really freaked out some of the conspiracy theorists in here. They were like, I knew they were watching me, man. No, we're not. I promise you, you don't have to worry. We're not watching you. But here's what I want to do. I want to I take us to Luke chapter 15. And in Luke chapter 15, I'm going to take some liberties with this verse. But I have a feeling what I'm going to show you may bring new light to God's creative nature in each of us. So let's read this together, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one he has lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I found my lost sheep or my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, don't miss this. We're going to come back to this. There will be more joy in heaven. Over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. Side note really quick. What's interesting about this is she throws more money having a party than the worth of the coin itself. And then it says, just so I tell you, there is joy, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What does that look like? What does joy before the angels of God in heaven look like? And... You know, our first response would probably be very similar of why they're rejoicing. I mean, somebody was lost and they are now found, meaning they found Jesus. They put their faith in Jesus. And so their salvation becomes secure. I think we would all collectively say, yeah, that's probably why they're rejoicing. Let me take some liberties here. What if. What if they're, always re- they're also rejoicing because they lean in and say, we are about to see God do something that we've never seen Him do before because He's never used you. And every single one of you are unique. And so the angels get to see God's creativity work once again in someone's life because no one has ever seen, including the angels, God use your life. And so they get a front row seat. To watch God do something that he's never done before. Because of your uniqueness. And that is his creativity. Guys, we need your uniqueness. We need your creativity to reach people that I can't reach. You know, there's people that won't even talk to me because I'm a pastor. I hate it, but it's true. They wouldn't give me the time of the day just because I have that title over my head. But you could be a creative light in their life. Using your talents, gifts, resources, influence, whatever that may look like, allow God to use that and reach people that I may never be able to reach. And maybe you're the only one that could reach them. Corey and I have a friend who makes documentary films, and we met with him this past week. And he's actually, he just headed up north to meet with James Hetfield. And if you don't know who that is, that's the lead singer of Metallica. And James Hetfield is gonna be the narrator of his latest film called Addicted to Porn, Chasing the Cardboard Butterfly. And you're gonna hear about how we're gonna partner with this film in future months because we believe it's it's such an important topic that needs to be dealt with in this day and age. But our friend has used his creative ways to get in front of people that I could never get in front of. If I tried to approach the lead singer of Metallica, I would probably be beat down by his bodyguards. And I love this quote, just talking about this idea of creativity and how God wants to use each of us. Creativity is intelligence having fun, per Albert Einstein. I love that. It's intelligence having fun. And maybe for the first time in a long time, it's time for you to start having fun by letting God use his creative ways through your life. Maybe it's time for you to start having fun again. And although we take our mission here at Trace very serious, we are going to have fun around here. And we're going to do that by being creative. Here's why that is important to us. Unfortunately, church has become one of the most predictable places that people experience. And it never should have been. Our God is not a predictable God, God, and His church should have never been predictable. And one of the ways that we can combat that predictability is being creative not for the sake of being creative, but because God really deserves a multitude of ways of our approach of Him. And instead of God's church being full of innovation, creativity and joy, it's often been boring for a lot of people. Some of you guys are nodding your heads because you know exactly what I mean. Well, here's the last thing that I wanna say about creativity before we move to this word empowerment. The truth of God is never going to change. I want to be really clear about that. The truth of God is never going to change, but how we present the truth should be approached with creativity in mind. And if we don't do that, there are people on the fringes in this community that we will not reach. We won't. But we're going to because we're going to be creative. Collectively, we're gonna come together very colorful in all of our different makeups and attitudes and personalities and we're going to reach people. You're going to reach people that I can't reach and maybe I'll reach some people that you can't reach. So let's move on to empowerment. And to begin our conversation on empowerment, I want to take you behind the scenes of Trace and allow you to eavesdrop on some of the conversations that we have with our staff and with some of our leaders who join our team. And the reason I want to do that is because it will bring new light uh, to the depth of understanding of empowerment and how and why that we're focusing on this particular subject so much. And so here's what happens when people join our team. Maybe they want to be a leader. Maybe they come and join our staff. I have a conversation with every one of those people. And I usually say something like this May it never be said of us, may, may it never be said coming out of our mouths that any of us would say something like this It's just church. It's just church. And because it's just church, I don't need to show up on time. I don't need to bring my best. I don't need to be prepared. It's just church. It's just church. It reminds me of something that the apostle Paul said when he was writing to the Colossians in verse three, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, whatever you do as for working for the Lord, not for human masters, not for your boss, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Guys, If Paul is telling us that whatever we do, work at it as if we're working for the Lord, how much more should that statement be elevated in this church, how much more should that statement be elevated in our lives when we were actually working for God's church? And it's because of this very principle that we are instilling what we call a culture of excellence here at Trace. But here's the problem with a culture of excellence. If we aren't careful, the processes and programs that we're attempting to be excellent at begin to take precedence over people. And what I mean by that is, man, when you send your kids to our trace kids, man, we want everything to have been thought through. We want your kids to have the most excellent experience. When you come in here, we want to be prepared. I want to be prepared with my sermon. The worship team wants to be prepared and what they're going to sing and how they're going to lead us into the presence of God that morning. But if those excellent environments start to take precedence over people, we've missed the point. It's a lot of P words. So what we're doing is we're gonna create what we call an A minus culture. We've been talking about this more as a staff and I actually love it. And again, we wanna bring our very best, but because we're in the business of people and empowering people, we have to make sure empowerment is more important than excellence. Because our processes and our programs should never take the precedence over people, especially the people that we're trying to empower and the people that we're actually trying to serve. So we want to invite you and empower you to take ownership of this church with us, because it's just as much your church as it is mine. And don't miss this statement. Please don't miss this statement. The power of what our potential truly is lies in our collective hands, not the pastor's hands. And so the more that you'll take ownership of this with us and join with us in our efforts to reach lost people in this city, the more we will experience the power of God in our lives and in this church. I want to talk about this for a second. Church should have always been about ownership and not about membership. Membership. Now, I really am not attempting to throw any churches that you have attended or been been a part of. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but I have to be transparent here. Because I think we've set the church back when we started getting focused on this word when it came to church. Because membership is not in the Bible. It is never something that should have been a part of the church. But we kind of adapted that because it was part of our culture. And so you become a church member. And what happens when you become a member? Sometimes when we become members, whether it's country clubs or what, you know, lifetime fitness, whatever that looks like for you, once you become a member, now you have rights. But the church is not about having rights. It's about having responsibility, ownership. We all, as believers in Jesus, should be owning this mission together, the Great Commission, the most important mission that will ever be given. We should own that together. It's not in the pastor's hands. It's in our hands. And so we wanna get away from this idea of membership and we wanna talk a whole lot more about ownership. And guys, God has given each of us gifts and talents and influences and resources that were always meant to be brought to the table of his church, not just to be used for our own benefit. And so we wanna bring those to the table of this church. And what if, what if we collectively did that? What if we all decided that we were gonna take ownership of this together. What kind of culture are we going to create? We're going to create a culture of empowerment. We're going to create a culture where we don't look to somebody else to do the job of the church, but we say, hey, what can I do? I use this as a generic example all the time, but and it's because it happens. People will come to our church and they'll go to the bathroom and they'll come out and say, hey, the bathrooms are dirty. And they'll come find me or they'll come find somebody else. And oftentimes it may be a couple of paper towels on the floor, what if you actually picked up the paper towels, right? I mean, that's always what I want to say so often. It's like, could you not have picked it up? Is this not your church too? What if we did that at a much higher scale? What if we took ownership of this place? What kind of culture would that create? I can tell you the kind of culture that you're going to want to invite people to, the kind of culture that you're going to be proud of, the kind of culture that you're going to say, that's my church. Let me close with these last thoughts on empowerment. The success of this church truly lies on the leadership, which is me and others, on our ability to leave you with opportunities. Meaning if we're we're actually going to leave traces of God's love all over this city, we have to be willing to empower you. And you have to be willing to accept that invitation. And if by any chance, any chance you are listening to, to this and immediately you disqualify yourself because of your own, your own personal history, your own hurts, your habits or hang-ups, let me remind you that you're looking at someone right now that should not be up here, I should. And I'm up here because <clears throat> along the way God put some people in my life that empowered me. I remember one man specifically that empowered me to take, take ownership of my faith. And then I had a handful of people that God put in my path that empowered me that, to step into ministry because they felt that's where God was calling me, and they were right. And then I even had a pastor of the church I was a part of down in Arizona. He empowered me. He took a chance on a young punk like me that didn't have a whole lot of experience and said, hey, we want to give you your own campus to go and be a pastor over and oversee Because we want to empower you and friends don't miss this if it weren't for those opportunities I would not be here today and so I'm not going to be selfish with that we're not going to be selfish with that therefore we want to empower you and give you as many opportunities to be empowered as possible to own the mission of this church with us you know along the way I have grown more fond of these words from the Apostle Paul and actually, Jesus is speaking to him, to him first, and he says, Paul, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then Paul says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses, I can identify, so that the power of Christ can work through me. So maybe, just maybe. Until you hand over those weaknesses, whatever it is that may be causing you to disqualify yourself, until you hand over those weaknesses, you're never going to fully experience God's strength and God's power because it's made perfect in your weaknesses. Here's another, somebody needs to hear this. God doesn't just want the best parts of you. He wants all of you. He wants to take your weaknesses and then he wants to empower you, not before you, not Not before you go get everything fixed and figured out in your life. No, he wants to empower you now because his power is made perfect in your weaknesses. A couple weeks ago, I kicked off this series by talking about culture. And one of the statements that I made was this. I said, you know what? We can't tell people what our culture is. We can't. We can't just tell them like, hey, this is our culture. They have to experience what our culture is. And whatever experiences they have consistently is the culture that we have. And so will you partner with us to create an incredible culture that we collectively put together? Not just the leaders, not just the pastors, but all of us. Because the culture is gonna be created here. Will you own it and create it with us? I'm gonna pray for us and the band's gonna come out and lead us in some worship. Father, I'm amazed at where I stand right now. And it's for several reasons and people that you put in my life that obviously weren't there by accident. And I think about this subject of empowerment. I think about the opportunities that you afforded me and how it's helped develop me and given me courage how it's given me new opportunities to be a reflection of your son, Jesus. And God, I want that for every single person in this room. And so Father, I pray that in this time of response that you spend just some sweet time with the people in this room, God, reminding them that you do want to empower them right now. They don't have to get anything figured out first, that you actually wanna use their weaknesses that if they'll be transparent and open and even be held accountable, that there are amazing things that you can do in and through their life. I'm a living, breathing testimony to that. So Father, would you move in this room, show us how we can all take ownership of this church together. God, we invite you right now. May your presence fall in this place. We pray this in Christ's name, amen.